Hi there, and welcome to the Rashcast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm John. So uh, we have recorded an episode to be played for the later in the day. But, it's a great episode. Uh, it really is. We recorded it, it about a half an hour ago. We just finished it, and I was editing it. Well, I wasn't editing it. I just finished dinner. But right when we saw some breaking news with the Nats. The Nats uh, have uh, added a hand. Or two. Yeah. I don't know. This is going to be fun because they've, I don't know, this might be the the most punnable player that they've ever had. Uh, The Nats have bolstered their bullpen, the back end of their bullpen. They're closing in, according to John Heyman, on a one-year deal with Brad Hand, Er erstwhile of the Cleveland Indians. Uh, Hand is a reliable back end of the bullpen type arm. The Nats have two righties in the back end of their bullpen right now in Hudson and Harris. And adding Brad Hand is and, wait, a great and, and And Rainey. I mean, Rainey's probably our closer. Uh, so the, the deal, uh, yes, that is true. So the deal is for a year and $10.5 million. So Hand was scheduled to make $10 million with the Indians this year. Uh, he had an option. They declined it. So he's going to end up making more money from the Nats than he would have with the Indians. So uh, it all works out for Brad, which is yeah, just great. I'm, I'm sure he's got big plans for that extra 500K. Hey, it's a lot of money. Not for a baseball player. It's the league sure. minimum. But, but yeah, uh, I mean, I love this signing. I think Han, you've got your eighth, ninth set with Rainey in hand. I think they give you such different looks too out of the back end of the bullpen. Um in terms of what they throw, that I think it's it's just a really good addition to the bullpen. Yeah, you, I mean this is this is a very deep bullpen now. Mm-hmm. It's got three right-handed options that are all very solid. Obviously, Harris underperformed a little bit last year. Hudson over underperformed a lot, but the velocity was there for Hudson. Uh, it was a weird year. Very small samples. I refuse to read anything into uh, last year. Uh, especially from a bullpen perspective. But the bullpen is is a strength for this team this year, uh, and yeah. that's pretty clear. That is, that's going to be great. I mean, it really never has been since 2012 or 2014. Pretty much since the end of the Craig Stammen era, the bullpen has stopped being a strength. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, apparently, Hand is, is more likely than not to be the Nats' closer. I wonder if... They might do sort of a, not a closer by committee, but a closer by by matchup type deal because hand is so strong against lefties and you would hate to if there's like a big lefty part of the lineup in the eighth inning, you would hate to waste hand on the ninth just because of closer roles. But yeah, I mean, they've they've got now four viable options to close for them. Uh, You know, I don't know that this is the signing that I would have made. Uh, I think what the signing, I think what the signing tells me is that they're serious about trying this year. I mean, you don't add a ten half million dollar closer if you're playing on half assing it. Right. Uh, no, I mean it's clear from the moves that they've made that they are planning on trying. Yes. Uh, and, and it seems like they're going to go right up to that line of the luxury tax. I mean. It, it seems like they made a decision early in the offseason to sort of fill holes with above average pieces 
instead of, uh, I mean, we shouldn't say that. Hand was the best reliever on the market. And then that's signed. Well, maybe Hendricks. Hendricks is better. But yeah. I, I meant left on the market. Yeah. Not. Uh, and this is a much better deal for the Nats yeah. than what Hendricks got. I well, mean, I like mean, this a lot the, more. Right. And the question is, did the Nats make this move? Because it was, I mean, because they have these holes. And obviously, at a certain level, the holes are fungible if you're going to prove one uh i just wonder if the nets made this move because this was the best player they could get for the 10 million dollars regardless of position uh i mean yeah you're not going to get for 10 million dollars for a one-year deal you could either get brad hand or a uh you know a colton wong and I can see why the Nats chose hand over Wong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know that I would have made the choice, but hand is a very, very good player. Hand is a very good move. I mean, I, mean, I don't think the Nats are done. I, don't, I mean, I think they're, they're, I think they're going to add another, another piece. Um, but yeah, they, they solved that bullpen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, more than solved it. Yeah. Uh, they've got, they've got the left-hander that they needed. They've got the real bona fide closer that they use, you know, could use. I mean, the bullpen is four deep. I mean, Wander Suero is the fifth or sixth best arm of the bullpen. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, it's, a, it's a deep, it's a deep, good bullpen, and we've got. Um, so it's going to be, uh, God, what's that guy's name? Uh, Finnegan. Finnegan. There we go. Kyle Finnegan. Finnegan. Yeah. Kyle Finnegan. We also have that guy, other guy who signed the same contract to Finnegan. Sam Clay. Sam Clay. So yeah, we have guys. I mean, it's gonna be. It's not. And Rogelio be... Armenteros, which. Who? Yeah, he's a guy. Uh, he's more starting pitching depth than anything else. But I wanted to mention his name oh, just yes. to show you that I knew it. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, Andrew Flax makes a good point. A uh, friend of the podcast, Andrew Flax, about how the Nats have signed two two one year deals with have acquired the player for less weeks earlier. Right. Well, that's the that is the interesting thing. Hand. Uh, they could have had for 500k less. Uh, Schwarber, they could have had for, I guess, I mean, he was scheduled to get like eight or nine million in arbitration, ended up getting 10. So it's not, so they, they chose, I mean, it's, it's hard to call it a one to one because, uh, I mean, they would have had to give up prospects and all that, but they, they chose the prospects over. The 150,000 or you know a million extra dollars i have no problem with that yeah uh and plus you would have had to bid with all the other teams so they made the decision that they made uh and they ended up with the players that they wanted so what's the problem it's not my yep. money it's not my money i'm happy with the signing and i think that's it we have to say about the hand deal we talk a little bit about brad hand in the podcast upcoming but not too much so it shouldn't be that redundant right um but yeah, so that's our little addendum to the rash cast. Now on to the rest of the show. I hope you guys enjoy. Hi there, and welcome to the rash cast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm Johnny. Uh, so uh, you are getting blessed with a second rash cast in two weeks because that's how we play. Uh, this was a weekly podcast that sort of lies dormant during the non-season time 
and but, also uh, season. Yeah, it was a weekly podcast for season. yeah, sure for, for one season for one season. It was a weekly podcast at once, but then eh. yeah, but now it's I back. Maybe hey, things are happening yeah. quickly now. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll be back next week. Right, that's the whole point. The yeah. reason we're back is because lots of stuff happened. Yeah, busy uh, week. I, nothing, nothing too crazy. The Nats made some decisions. They filled their uh, starting pitcher gap with John Lester as the, the fourth starter gap. They filled their Ryan Zimmerman gap with Ryan Zimmerman uh, and Will okay. Davis. Is that pro- okay? Got gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, they are, they're making moves. The team is sort of taking shape. They've still got holes, you know, they've done a lot so far, but they do still have some decisions to make. Uh, and the baseball off season seems to sort of be finally kicking into high gear, like three weeks before the for alleged every, start of the for season. Every team that's not the NL central, except the pirates who are trading everyone away and the Cubs. Right. No, the, yes. the NL Central has been plenty active. They're just yeah. selling all of their players. Yeah. God, have you seen, like, how many, like, players they've added in the NL Central this offseason from free agent signings? It's very sad. Who's been the – has there even been a free agent signing? There hasn't been a million-dollar – not a million-dollar deal. All, only, like, $800,000 deals. Like, and then, obviously, the, been this huge exodus. There's been Musgrove and mm-hmm. – uh, now tie on with the Pirates, and then with Cubs they traded Darvish, uh, and I mean they cut Schwarber. Cut Schwarber. I, I can't imagine they're not done yet getting rid of players. No, uh, I mean they've obviously still got Bryant, who is not happy. Uh, they're going to keep Rizzo apparently, but at this point, I mean if you're going into a teardown and you're trying to save salary, it's pretty clear that no one should be considered safe there. The Reds, uh, there was a rumor that they were going to trade Luis Castillo, but they ended up not doing that. Obviously, uh, Suarez and Moustakis are on the chopping block. Sonny Gray looks like he'll stay put. Uh, But, yeah, there's a lot of talent in the NL Central that you might want to see if you can buy into. It seems like they have two third basemen, who both of which would be very good fits in the Nats. That's just me, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't seem like the Nats are, and I guess this is a segue into actually talking about the thing we're supposed to talk about. Uh, doesn't seem like the Nats are trying to make a play for uh, that high-end third-base market. There are a lot of other options. Yeah, I mean, should we talk about this first or John Lester? Because that's the actual let's move. Let's talk okay. about let's talk about Lester first. Let's Lester talk about Lester be, first. Yeah. yeah. So the Nats signed Lester this week. Uh, it looks like the Nats are still going to keep trying to make a 2019 through science or magic. Um, <laughs> you know, with both Zimmerman and Lester, uh, and Schwarber and Bell, uh, and like yeah, half the roster. But Besides, it is important to note that they're not trying with Lester at least to make it 2016 again. Your no. science or magic. Or even they, 2018. They right. So Lester had a 516 ERA last year. He made all 12 starts. Uh, he was pretty mediocre. But Lester has, you know, even in his latest 2019, he was a league average pitcher, 446 ERA, made every start again. It was very hittable. Strikeouts were still there above his career average. Uh, 
the truth with John Lester is that he has not missed a start since 2007. Uh, and for a team that really needs length out of their, well, not length, but they just need a, someone who can start 30 times out of their fourth starter. Lester, even in his current form, is an ideal fit. Yeah. No, I think this is exactly the type of guy the Nats should have gotten this offseason. I'm really happy they did. They didn't need anyone much better than this. They need a guy who can go out there and be a fourth starter. And that's what they get in Lester. And another guy I wanted was Chris Archer, who, you know, there, there were, you know, you could still go out and sign another starter. There are a lot of guys like in the Lester, you know, there's Porcello, there's, you know, Archer. There's a lot of guys like that. If you're really, I mean, you don't really know what you're going to get from Joe Ross for certain. I mean, he didn't pitch last year. He hasn't pitched more than 70 innings in an inning since 2016. I mean, and in that time, since 2017, since coming back from his major injury, he's had a 521 ERA. Right. You you don't know. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You're not going to bet. Joe Ross is a good option, but you can still see how you can get another option is what my point is. Well, and it's not just that Ross is not, you know, a sure thing as much as everyone wants to pencil him at five. It's also that the Nats don't have a ton of starting pitching depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Ross has options left. No, uh, the only one, I think Fetty still does. Yes, Fetty has okay. a fourth option for some reason. Uh, but Ross, options. Ross doesn't have right. options, Voth doesn't have options, and Fetty does. But with the 26th man, I mean, you can put – the problem is that, that straw, you know, stretching out Joe Ross, first of all, making him a reliever has never worked, and then stretching him out has always been troublesome. Uh, but it's definitely something you've got to consider, especially when there are a lot of low-cost, solid fifth starters out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, were, there were a lot of people complaining that the Nats didn't go maybe a little bigger or a little younger with their fourth starter position. Uh, I know a lot of people were looking at Jose Quintana, who basically over the last four years has the same statistical profile as John Lester, just uh, just four years younger. Right. They played fewer well, games. Well, so Quintana has been, apart from last year, which was a freak spring training style injury. Yeah, he has which was, very... Yes. That yeah. was a, a cut on his finger. He broke his finger cutting a sandwich or something like that. I can't remember. Something That's stupid. Yes. No, but it was a, it was a dumb spring training yeah. yeah. injury. Uh, so apart from that, Quintana has been very durable since coming to the Cubs. He's basically been league average. Uh, and he got, whereas Lester got 5 million from the Nats, Quintana just got 7 million from the angels. Uh, so I, I think there's, yes, he did sign. Uh, I like so, the angels. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a very similar in terms of profile player to Lester. He's younger, so you can expect maybe more bounce back. But I don't, I don't see that much of a difference between the two. And I think Lester was good in about half of his starts last year and very bad yeah. in the other half. It's just it's too small a sample size to really make any judgments about whether or not he's done. Uh, yeah, you don't know how the season plays out from, you know, it's two months. You know, sometimes people have bad Aprils and, and Mark Mays and, and even themselves out and end up with a four-year array. Now, uh, on that note, so people are sort of talking about Max Scherzer as though he's a question mark uh, because he had a 374 
ERA through 12 starts last year. And just to compare that to his 2016, uh, the year that he won his first Cy Young as in that, uh, he had a 387 ERA through 12 starts through June 1st in 2016. Yeah, Scherzer, Scherzer, his velocity was up last year. There's really, like, no reason for regression from him. Well, I mean, he was – he had been dealing with a back injury from 2019. Yeah. Uh, he didn't seem to be able be as effective at putting hitters away. He was still striking guys out, but he was having long at-bats, a lot of walks. Like, he doubled his walk total from the mm. previous season in terms of rate. So there are question marks there, but the point is it was a really short amount of time, yeah. 60 games. Uh, yeah. And you can't really make judgments based on that. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, going looking forward to next year with this rotation. I mean, it is a lot of old guys. I mean, what's the, if we have Ross in the rotation, what's the average age of the rotation? Like um, 33, 34, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an old, old rotation. Uh, but I just still think it has the chance to be one of the best rotations in baseball. You know, it still has very much top five potential. If you get what you did in 2019 from the, your top three at least, you're, you're looking good. You know, from three, if you can get your 2019 you know, back to where you were from at least Scherzer, Strasburg, I mean, and, and Corbin's what he was last year, I think you're you're fine. I think it's not your starting pitching is not as much of a strength anymore. But I think it's I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Well, so I don't know that that's entirely correct. I think that yeah. the starting pitching could be a strength. I mean, it could be as good as it was in 2019. Strasburg's yeah. gonna be fully healthy. Corbin, you know, is the youngest member of the group, and he wasn't hurt last year. Uh, Scherzer is Scherzer. You never know. You know, I would say betting against him, you do it your own peril. Uh, and then Lester is a pretty good uh, comp in terms of possible performance for for Sanchez. For Sanchez. Mm. Uh, so you never know. I mean, there's there's more variability because those guys are two years older than they were. Yep. But uh, they they might pitch great. We'll, we'll just have to find out. Yeah. So in other news. Uh, besides Lester, the Nats made another signing. They signed this kid out of Uver- University of Virginia, uh, Ron Ryan. Ryan, is it? Ryan Zimmerman? I don't know. I'll have to look him up. And Ryan Zimmerman, the Texas Rangers prospect from the early 2000s? Yes. That guy. Must that be guy. him. Must Actually, be him. it's Heine it's Zimmerman, the uh, Detroit Tigers. That, yes. Mm. There was a baseball player whose name was Heine Zimmerman. It's a real thing. Interesting. Uh, yeah, he was a Detroit Tigers batting champion in the 1920s. Exciting. Yes. His anyway, name was Heine. besides Heine, no, this is Ryan Zimmerman, the longtime Washington Nationals third baseman and then became first baseman. Yes. Uh, and honestly, if he could play third and first base and left field, he would uh-huh. kind of be a perfect fit for what the Nats need. Uh, obviously, he's going to be doing any of those things. In his advanced age, he can barely play first. Well, no, he still plays first. Well, no, he he no, is he, now fine. going to be the best. He'll be the best defensive first baseman on the Nats roster. Bell mm. is defensively challenged. Uh, yeah, he's he's a you know he's defensively challenged, and he's weaker against left-handed pitching. Uh, so 
Zimmerman, in addition to you know being Ryan Zimmerman, face of the franchise, et cetera, et cetera, also uh, has utility on the roster as being, especially with the 26-man roster, as mm-hmm. being a backup first baseman, left-handed uh, hitter. Yeah, so that, especially with especially since we have so many lefties. Right, which, the left-handed yeah. hitter of left-handed pitching. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just a vanity signing, but it, it's good news. Uh, this is a reunion that was always going to happen. Yeah. But it's always welcome to have Brian Zimmerman around. Uh, except, yeah. you know, when no, this, this when, is good. This is this is a good move for the Nats. I mean, it's the right move. He's let's see if he's still how useful he'll be after taking a year off. But you know, it's one year, one mil. What's the worst that could happen? Right. There's no such thing as a bad one-year contract, and it's Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah. And well, the only hope is that at some point in the season they'll let fans in, and that he'll get the ovation that he deserves. If indeed this is his last year, which it might not be. I mean, if he produces in his part-time role, he mm-hmm. might just stick around for a while. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, he wants to keep. He says he wants to keep playing. And so, speaking of infielders, uh, the Nats. Do, I mean, just talking about what the Nats still need. They need a catcher. Well, I mean, they need a catcher. Uh, they're probably not going to go big with that. No, uh, obviously, Ramos is still out there. Ramos, I mean, yeah, not Contreras. There has been very little talk about Ramos uh, or really any of the catch- I mean, the truth, the truth is, I mean, there's been a couple of catching signings, uh, Kurt Suzuki being one of them, which and, uh, I, mean, I won't miss, won't miss Kurt yeah. Suzuki. Whatever. Uh, Maganis aside, the, the big problem with him is just he's not a good defensive catcher. Uh, Although I will miss Wilmer Defoe. Yeah, Defoe's a pirate now. There you go. There's someone who uh, the there we go. Central actually signed. Good for them. Uh, but yeah, I, I think they've got a, obviously they've got a hole at catcher. I don't anticipate them going huge on it. No. Real Mudo's still out there, but uh, then they've got, you know, this big question at third base. Can Carter Keeboom be a usable player? Uh, and there are ways to solve that problem without throwing Keeboom under the bus. Uh, and obviously that's not going to include going big. Like if you, if you get Bryant or if you get Eugenio Suarez, obviously you're going to, I mean, Keeboom might, might well be part of the deal for one of those. Uh, but yeah. More importantly, you're you're not going to get any playing time for Keyboom. There are options for a kind of utility player who can move around a lot, uh, who will get 500 at bats, even if Keyboom does end up being usable. Especially if uh, there's a DH opening, uh, who can then also step in and play third if Keyboom is unusable. Uh, so a couple of guys like that have signed. Yeah, Kike uh, Hernandez signed this week. Yeah, you had um, um, Jerks and Profar. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's still guys like Tommy Lestella. He's still out there. You, you were talking about earlier Colton Wong, who um, would be more of a second baseman. Then you move Castro to third. Um, right. There are, yeah, there are definitely lots of free Marlon agents. Gonzalez Marlon Gonzalez is another well. one. You have um, yeah, Cesar Hernandez, Freddie Galvis. You got a lot right. of a lot of options. Jonathan VR. 
Uh, and Galvis has been tied a little bit to the Phillies. So these guys are, I mean, this market is starting to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, the LeMayhew signing seems to have dislodged it. Yeah. Uh, and maybe Hernandez wasn't a great fit because apparently Hernandez was looking, he prioritized getting a, a full-time deal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's so, going to start, he's starting with the Red Sox. Right. That, that's what I mean. He wanted one position. He wanted to play that. Uh, yeah, and get he's starting at second. Appearances. Yeah. Right. Even though, he, so in 2018 and 19, he got over 450 PAs as that sort of backup utility guy. Uh, yeah. Which is exactly what the Nats need right now. But if he wasn't willing to do that, that deal was never going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there are still some third basemen on the market you can sign to be like that everyday guy. You could get Justin Turner. You could sign um, uh, Marcus Simeon. You can move him to third. I mean, there are guys right. out there who, if you want to play the market, you can sign too. Yes, there are so many options, both for that utility infielder type position and for a real uh, bona fide third baseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the more important question is, you know, what are the Nats willing to spend? Uh, there are about $20 million left under the luxury tax threshold. I don't think they're going to come close to exceeding it. Uh, but the, the three biggest needs they still have are catcher, uh, infielder, and third base or infielder and relief pitcher. They want mm-hmm. a left-handed reliever. And there was some scuttlebutt yesterday from John Heyman saying that they might be interested in Brad Hand, who's going to command at least six or seven million dollars. Now Hernandez and Profar each got seven million dollars. Uh, so the Nats do seem to still have some interest possibly in playing in that sort of middle tier market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, if they're willing to spend, you know, 10 to $15 million more, they can really make this, they can really plug the, goal, the holes in this team and make it very competitive. Uh, yeah. just, just with the sort of large number of usable options that are still out there, uh, there are just so many ways to, to fix this team's holes, which, you know, it's surprising that it's, you know, with all the additions that they've made, they still have a couple of them. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, they lost so many people in the last year and t- or two. And they lost yeah, some uh, cornerstone guys. And so they're, you know, last year they took a bunch of guys on one-year deals and then they ran out. And so now you have a lot of holes. Right. And apart from Josh Harrison, who's back, uh, none of the none guys of on one-year yeah. deals really, well, they none, none of them came back and none of them really worked out last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Howie Kendrick is retired. Estrubo Cabrera, if he could be the guy he was in 2019, would be a perfect fit for the Nats. But uh, he was not very good last year. No, I don't think uh, I would count on that again. No. Um, so they've got options. There, it remains to be seen how much they're interested in spending on the rest of the team. But if they're willing to put some money down on this. Uh, they will be fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, this none of the moves they've made have handcuffed them to not doing anything else. It's their choice if they want to do more or not. Like yeah. they they've managed to fix a couple of holes without getting them in more than how much they spent so far. They've spent twenty one million on three players. They spent ten million on Schwarber, seven million on Bell, a million dollars. A million dollars on twenty-three uh, on Zimmerman, and then five and on Lester. Five million on Lester and 
a million on Harrison. Yeah, so, so they spent $24 million on six players this offseason. So they, they, right. nothing they've done has stopped them from still being able to make more moves. It's just if they want to choose, if they want to do, say, this is it, this is all we're willing to spend, which would be really lame, and would put them in a not better, much better position than they were in last year. I mean, they're probably, right now, they're probably a better team than they were last year, even if they stopped making moves. Well, on paper or, you know, I mean, on paper, the Nats should have gotten much better performances out of the guys that they signed. Yeah. Uh, they were expecting a league average bat out of, uh, out of Cabrera, above league average out of Thames, above league average out of Kendrick. Uh, they were expecting better than they got out of Will Harris, out of Daniel Hudson. Uh, they didn't get any of those things. Obviously, Harris, Hudson's still on the team. But basically nothing went right except for Juan Soto last year for the Nats. Yeah. Uh, so on paper, I don't know if they're a better team. Uh, and on paper, obviously the Mets have gotten better and the Braves are still the Braves. Haven't gotten... Well, as we talked about, they don't have Ozuna, but apart from that, uh, you know, they've added Morton, or I mm-hmm. guess swap Morton with Hamels. I don't know. The division is going to be better this year. It is. Uh, and so, obviously, we still don't know how many playoff spots they're going to be. But <sighs> who knows? Who knows what the season will look like? But we, who knows if we'll even be able to watch this season? Let's see what Masson's going right. to do. Yeah, so that's the, the final sort of bit of housekeeping we wanted to cover. Uh, it was a story from The Athletic, from Britt Caroli, uh, that said that the Nats, uh, that the Masson is for, first of all, laying off like a full two-thirds of the uh, Orioles' phalanx of, of broadcasters. And uh, they are apparently also cutting the pregame and postgame shows on Masson for both teams, which is just, I mean, sure, you lost some money, but come on, there are bare minimum things you have to do to be able to televise baseball. Like, I just, I can't believe that they would be allowed to get away with something like this. Like, it's just, it's disgusting. Yeah, and that's kind of the way everything's going these days with baseball, and it makes me sad. Yeah, but this is this is lower rent than any other RSN. Yeah. I mean, Masson's always been a low rent production. It always has been. And this is and, just you even know, further. I don't expect them to be the Yes Network and come out with, you know, like tons of Nats-based content and Orioles-based content and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it would be nice, and I think they could – I don't know how much money they would make off of it, but it would be fun. Uh, but at the bare minimum, like you got to put some effort into televising the games. You can't just take your ball and go home because it's not making you enough money. Let's just and have Sin- let, let's just have Sinclair by Masson. Yeah, I I mean Sinclair at this Media. point, there's like there's no lower rent RSN. In baseball. Yeah. They haven't updated their graphic package in an, almost a decade. Yeah, and it's going to be like, instead of having a, a graphics box now, sure they're going to downgrade it to like... A guy with a, a sign. Score. Yeah, a guy with a sign saying what the score is. Uh-huh. And then he crosses it out. Like, 
No, because then they'd have, they would have to pay that guy. This is Bob Carpenter doing it. Yeah. He'll just they, have a camera, the sign. they have a camera on Bob Carpenter all the time. I could see on a tripod. them doing the, like, the old WOR TV, like, uh, three cameras set up, and, like, one of them is operated by the broadcaster. Mm-hmm. They have, like, the high home set up. So it'll be, like, throwback, except yeah. because we weren't willing to pay for 14 cameras. Yep. Yeah, it's, oh, it's well. just garbage. It's garbage. I wonder how many spring training games we're going to get to see this year. Uh, the Garoli article said a handful. So I, I mean, don't know what that is. Is that but that's more not really or less? That different yeah. From, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. So frustrating. It is. Well, let's hope the Nats are less frustrating and they make more moves, which I bet you will be back next week because I, I feel like there are going to be more moves to be made this week. Yeah. Like we said, there are lots of little moves to still make. I don't think mm. they're going to go big or bold, but a lot of little moves can help the team. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's it for us. Um, yeah, I think we'll be back next week, hopefully, with some more news. If there's no news, then there's no us. So that, that, that's right. uh, holding ourselves ransom. Mike right. Risley, you're on notice. If you don't make a signing this week, we won't make a new podcast. I'm sure he'll be very sad. He's an avid listener. I know. I mean, we, we suggested John Lester a couple weeks ago, and he made that signing. So Yeah, it's because of us. Pretty- Pretty clearly, he listens to the Rashcast. If you're yeah. listening, Mike, give us a shout. Activate yes. the at Mike Rizzo Twitter account. Yeah, we're all waiting for your next missive. All right. All Bye-bye. right. Well, we'll talk to you guys whenever we do. Till then, see you later. <laughs>